This is America on Par, a powerful bunch of political punditry in a pithy podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Parr. You know, last week I did a podcast with Louis Avalone. He's my partner on the project we're launching called Conservative Ground. You're going to be hearing a lot more about Conservative Ground from me in the coming months, I promise. Louis is a rare beast. He's one of those fabled members of the Electoral College. That's right. He's going to be one of the voters who actually elects Donald Trump to be president. And in that podcast we did for Conservative Ground, Lewis talks about how he's received thousands and thousands of emails and phone calls and letters from people encouraging him not to vote for Trump. In essence, to disregard the will of the voters in his home state of Louisiana in favor of the will of voters in other states. They claim he should follow the will of the American people, but they are technically mistaken. Hillary Clinton did not win the popular election. Yes, she did get more votes than Trump. She has more than Trump, but she didn't get a majority of the votes. She has more than he does, but still less than 50%. So people are asking Lewis to ignore the will of the majority of people in Louisiana in favor of the will of a minority of Americans at large. It's really very irresponsible, and it's an ignorant thing to ask, but that's what so many Americans have allowed themselves to become, irresponsible and ignorant. For example, I present former Vice President Al Gore. Take a listen. You know, uh, even after uh, the Supreme Court decision in December of 2000, I continued to support the Electoral College, because uh, one of its original purposes was to, to tie the, the states uh, together. I have changed my view on that. I do think that it should be eliminated. He was irresponsible in how he behaved in that contested election back in 2000, becoming the only person in American history to ever concede the election for president, then withdraw his concession to challenge the outcome in court. He's the only one who's ever done it. That was irresponsible and was damaging to our nation at the time. In politics, if you find yourself behaving worse than Nixon, you're doing it wrong. In 2000, Al Gore behaved worse than Nixon did in 1960, and that's irresponsible. Now, in his statement, he's right that the purpose of the Electoral College is to unite the states. But he's ignorant to think that somehow that purpose doesn't apply anymore. If anything, our nation needs more unity between the states, not less. How does the Electoral College system unite states? Well, by preventing large states from dominating the small states. The Electoral College gives states like Wyoming more power proportionally than states like California. And since small states and large states have different needs and priorities... This system forces the large population centers to at least listen to and acknowledge the rights and needs of the minority, wherever that minority might be. That mechanism encourages cooperation between the states. A direct election system, like the one the former VP suggests, would actually encourage big states to simply ignore the weak and worthless pleas of those insignificant country bumpkins. 
None of that has changed simply because Hillary lost this election like Al Gore lost back in 2000. Democrats all over the country are calling for the Electoral College to be repealed. They claim it's unfair and anti-democratic. In this, they are both wrong and right. Yes, it is anti-democratic. But that doesn't make it unfair. You see, we're not a democracy. We are a republic. The founders did that on purpose. They realized that pure democracies end up with the majority taking away rights from the minority. Our republic was specifically designed to prevent that. Remember that the Declaration of Independence, our founding document, where you can find the central idea of America, it says governments are instituted among men to secure the rights granted to us by the Creator. Democracies make people the grantor of rights, not a divine Creator. If people are the ones who give us our rights, they can take them away. In that instance, what you end up with is a system that is democratic, but extremely unfair. So yes, our electoral college system is undemocratic, at least on the national level. It's, it's very democratic at the state level. But it helps create a government that will secure our God-given rights, and that makes it fair. That makes it just. The problem isn't that the Electoral College system favors Republicans over Democrats. The problem is that Democrats have intentionally chosen to support causes and policies that hurt themselves in the Electoral College. The Democrat Party has chosen to support a wide range of issues that play well to their base on the left, but have alienated them in the middle of the nation. They don't realize they are doing this because, in part, the, the big media is part of the base on the extreme left, and they're not able to understand the damage those ideas they hold are doing to their own party. So the media reinforces these views and wonders why America at large is rejecting them. All right, there's a lot to unpack there. Let me explain and be as specific as I can. In the 2000 election, Al Gore won California by 1.3 million votes. That's a pretty blue state. In 2016, Hillary Clinton won California by 4.2 million votes. That's an increase of 3 million votes in California in 16 years. That's pretty good. However, California was already reliably blue in 2000. The Democrats didn't need to increase their margin of victory in that state. The growth they've received there has come at the expense of votes in swing states like Florida, Missouri, and Ohio, and West Virginia. In 2000, Bush won Florida by only 500 votes. Trump won Florida by 100,000 votes. Bush won Missouri by 70,000 votes. Trump won Missouri by 500,000 votes. Bush won Ohio by less than 200,000 votes. Trump won Ohio by more than 400,000 votes. Bush won West Virginia by 40,000 votes. Trump won West Virginia by 300,000 votes. Before Bush in 2000, West Virginia hadn't voted for a Republican 
since Reagan's electoral landslide in 1984, when only Minnesota voted against that sitting president. Since 2000, Republicans have won West Virginia every time. Trump actually won almost 70% of the vote there this year. It went from being a purple state that leaned blue to being a red state that leans blood red. These swing states, these supposed purple states, have become more red, slightly, as the deep blue states became deeper blue. Now, there are two states that have gone the other way, and they've become either purple or blue from being red or purple. They are Virginia and Colorado. Virginia is now dominated politically by the Washington, D.C. suburbs. They're full of government workers, well-paid lobbyists. That is the Obama economy at work. Washington, D.C. has grown. The rest of the nation has not. And they will vote Democrat. Colorado has had a significant influx of people moving to Colorado from California. And there's also a large Hispanic immigration into Colorado. So the reasons, though, that Virginia and Colorado are now blue states, or at least blue-leaning states, is the same reason why the other swing states are swinging away from the Democrat Party. It's because the policies the party supports are hurting the people in those other states. Let's go through the list. Al Gore's favorite topic, climate change. It's a big deal for Democrats. They want to eliminate carbon from our economy. That plays well with the rich liberal elites living on the California coast and in Oregon and moving to Colorado for its majestic beauty. But that same policy, which plays well in the Democrat Party's liberal base, hurts people who work for a living in West Virginia and in Cleveland and in Pittsburgh and in Detroit. It hurts rural Americans who work on farms. The Democrats talk about the need for new high-tech jobs. That's great for their donor class in Silicon Valley. But they are promoting high-tech jobs while devaluing skilled trades. Again, people in West Virginia, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Iowa need to be able to earn a living from the skills they have acquired. And the Democrats aren't promoting that kind of a workforce. Instead, our current president says those jobs aren't coming back. You need to get a college loan and go to a community college for two years so that you can get a job that pays half of what your old job paid. If you aren't a politician or a lawyer or a CEO of a major corporation, one of the best jobs you can get would be working for an oil company in a skilled trade. But the Democrats are trying to shut down oil pipelines and drilling wells in red and purple states because their bases in deep blue states are ideologically opposed to oil. You see, they are hurting real people who used to vote Democrat on issue after issue, gay marriage, free trade, Black Lives Matter, gun control. The Democrat Party has staked out a position that plays very well in states they already control. But alienate people in purple and in red states. If the Democrats had paid attention to the Electoral College, 
Rather than trying to fight against the Electoral College, they could have learned something. They would have learned that their policies were dividing America. Remember, Al Gore admitted the Electoral College was designed to unite the states, but he and his party have ignored the Electoral College. And as a result, this nation is more divided than it has been since at least 1968 and, and possibly since 1860. Now, there's one more flaw in the argument to get rid of the Electoral College system. Remember how I said people are asking my friend Lewis to ignore the will of the voters in Louisiana? Or the will of the voters in the rest of America? Turns out when you really look at the numbers, what they're asking, what they're really asking, is for Lewis to ignore the will of the voters in Louisiana for the will of the voters in California and only California. Remember that I told you Hillary Clinton won California this year by 4.2 million votes. That's by far her largest vote margin in any state. Her second highest margin was in New York, where she won by 1.5 million. Why is that important? Because she beat Trump in the popular vote by only 2.5 million votes. So if you take away California... She loses the popular vote to Trump by 1.7 million votes. There is no single state you can take away from Trump and have him lose the Electoral College. But you take away one single state and Hillary loses the popular vote. Why should the rest of the nation give up their sovereignty for the will of one single state? One out of 50. Hillary's support was deep in isolated areas. Trump's support wasn't deep, but it was broad. A modest majority of the majority of the country supported him. Look, this is a big nation. It's a big country. How could Hillary promote peace between states when she doesn't have the support of most of the states? Doesn't Trump stand a better chance of uniting more of the country behind him and his agenda? See, that's the point of the Electoral College system. Let me finish with one more clip from the former vice president. We got to get back to harvesting the wisdom of crowds in the United States. The wisdom of crowds. See, that's what the Electoral College system actually does. The vice president is trying to argue for direct elections. But his argument actually supports the state's rights of, of the Electoral College. The wisdom of the crowds can be found in each and every state. We have the wisdom of 50 different crowds in our current system. But while we are so busy seeking that wisdom, we shouldn't become irresponsible and ignorant. There's a difference between the wisdom of the crowds and the tyranny of the masses. That's what the founders knew. And that's why they set this system up in this way. They set it up to prevent the tyranny of the masses. To undo their solid foundation would be irresponsible. And to the ignore the dangers of mob rule would be ignorant of history.
Well, thanks for listening. If you like these podcasts, please share them with your friends on Facebook and Twitter. If you'd like to leave a comment, you can always do so on my website, americaonpar.com. I'm Stephen Parr. I can still see old glory flying over me. In the first light of the morning.